Okay, we were talking about entering into the rest of God. The Word of God said, Be still. Be still. And know that I am God. So we heard last week, there are so many voices, so, many, uh, so much noise that is trying to uh, uh, infiltrate into our lives so that we cannot hear what God is saying. And we cannot see what God is doing. And that's why the Word of God says, Be still. Be still and know that I am God. And uh, last week, I taught uh, us how do we come before God. You know, we can, I hope that we have been trying to practice this uh, throughout this week. Whenever you uh, sit down uh, before the presence of God, you are trying to enter into the presence of God, the stillness of God, in order to draw near to Him. And uh, I was, I was so, so uh, surprised at, at, at the comment uh, of the message last week because this generation, we are constantly occupied. You know, uh, instead of God, you are with us. Our, our, our saying is, the handphone, you are with me 24 hours a day. You know, uh, so, so we're so used to that and we are not, not uh, uh, we did not know how to enter into the presence of God to, to receive from the Lord. So, so I hope that this will be the lesson that we really learn and practice and practice. And this morning I'm going to take us further. You know, how do we enter into the rest of God in order to do the work of God, right? So we want to use uh, the the ex- the experience of the prophet Elijah. Okay, Elijah is a great prophet. A man of God who hears God, who knows how to listen to the voice of God. But it doesn't matter who we are in this life, how, how great you are. There are times we go through crisis, we go through experience and situation where we really need to know the voice of God. We really need to enter into the, 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 the peace of God, right? To be able to hear God, to be able to receive from the Lord. Okay, let's read a little bit about Elijah in First uh, Kings seventeen, verse one. First Kings seventeen, verse one. Now Elijah the Tishbite from Tishbe in Gilead said to Ahab, "As the Lord, the God of Israel, lives, whom I serve, there will be neither dew nor rain in the next few years, except at my word." Okay, yeah, that was Elijah. At my word, in the next few years, you know, there'll be no rain or there'll be rain. At my word, that's how powerful it is. Okay, so you know the story. At the end of that drought, Elijah appeared again and challenged the nation of Israel and said, choose between Baal, the idol, or God. If Baal is God, you're going to worship Baal. If Jehovah is God, you worship him. So he challenged the prophets of Baal to to bring the sacrifice and call upon Baal to send fire down from heaven to consume the sacrifice to prove that Baal is really God. And you know the story. Nothing worked for them. And Elijah called fire down from heaven and fire consume the sacrifice. 
And uh, as a result, Elijah was able to command uh, the people to kill a lot of the prophets of Baal that were there. Jezebel, the queen, the one who brought Baal worship into Israel, was so furious about this. And he threatened Elijah. He said, by this time tomorrow, if you are not dead, you know, I, I will kill you. Right? So, so Jezebel challenged Elijah. So when Elijah heard this threatening uh, message, how did he respond? Let's look at 1 Kings 19, verse 3 uh, onwards, verse 3 and 4. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. When he came to Bathsheba in Judah, he left his servant there, while he himself went a day's journey into the desert. He came to a broom tree, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord. He said, take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. Okay, verse 5 and verse 6. Then he lay down under the tree and fell asleep. All at once, an angel touched him and said, Get up and eat. He looked around, and there by his head was a cake of bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and then lay down again. Okay, uh, we want to look at uh, Elijah's experience and learn how we can enter into that journey that will take us into the rest of God and take us into the plan and purpose of God for our life for the next stage. So we realize that Elijah, when he heard the message, he was afraid because now his life is at stake. He was threatened. And, and, and so much so that he ran for his life. You know, this mighty prophet who just had the, the greatest breakthrough in his life, the greatest victory in his life. Can you imagine calling fire down from heaven? If you have that kind of experience, I'm sure we'll say, we are afraid of nothing. You know, we fear nothing. But yet, Elijah just proved that he's a man. He's a man. He was afraid and he ran for his life. So it's good news to know that Elijah, the Bible tells us, he's a man just like we are. So this morning we may have weaknesses, we may be struggling in, uh, in some way in our life. But the good news is God still wants to use every one of us and raise, uh, and raise us up to be great men and women of God. So this, this morning, please do not belittle ourselves. Do not think that we will just struggle through life. We will just be a normal Christians because of the problem of the struggles that we have in life. Elijah had. But God is raising him up to be a great prophet. And God wants to raise us up as his people, his great people that lives on planet earth to declare his praises. Uh, so Elijah... He ran for his life. But there are, there are things in him, still in him, that he knows what to do. So he ran for his life and he came to Bathsheba in Judah. He left his servant there while he himself went a day's journey into 
the desert. He left his servant there while he went himself a day's journey into the desert and he came to the broom tree and he prayed to God. You know, in moments of needs, we really do need people to help us, to support us, so that we have the strength to continue running. But there are times, there are moments in our life, people can help us up to a point. The servant can accompany him and give him encouragement and strength up to a point. But there come a time you have to be separated from the crowd, from the people, in order to face God and, and, and seek God all by yourself. So we learn that Elijah, he left the servant there because he knew he can't take the servant further. He has to leave him there. And he go into the desert all by himself to seek God, to pray to God. Now we, we learn from the, the life of our Lord Jesus. Remember, he was in the Garden of Gethsemane. He brought along the three closest to him, the, the three disciples out of the twelve, the three closest to him. And they went with him, accompanied him to the Garden of Gethsemane. But when they reached there, Jesus himself said, you wait here and why I go further a stone throw away to pray. Even though they are there, but Jesus has to separate himself and to be alone, seeking the Father. So we cannot, we, we need people, we need people to help us, but we need to go further by ourselves to be alone with God. So it tells us that each one of us, we are responsible for our own personal life. You know, there are people, we, we like to blame people. I have heard people who say, oh, you know, I'm like this because no one teach me. No one help me. Well, that may be true. But the thing is, you are responsible for your life. If you don't know, why didn't you ask? Why didn't you seek people to help you? Okay, but ultimately, we have to come aside before God. So, I'm encouraging us to come for the prayer meeting. Uh, even though there are people around us, it's just like Jesus, the disciples are there, but we need to be alone by ourselves. We are together, and yet, at the same time, we are also alone uh, uh, with God. And that's why I'm encouraging us when in a prayer meeting, you know, to sit a little bit, uh, uh, further from the next person so that you can relax. You don't have to smell uh, the other person. You don't have to feel the temperature of the other person, the fidgeting of the other person, so that you can focus on God. Yeah? You know, Jesus, He was there. He said, you wait here, and He go a little bit further. Okay? Because otherwise you'll be saying, Pastor, you say we have to be alone with God, but so I'm alone with God in my house. Yeah, I know. Is the TV on? Is the handphone on? You understand what I'm saying? Right? So, so, so we really need So, what did the prophet pray? He came to a broom tree, sat down there, uh, under it, and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord. Take my life. I'm no better than my ancestor. Why would the prophet get into such frustration? You see, when you feel that the whole nation, the future of the nation, the well-being of the nation is on your shoulder. Remember he said, at my 
word, at my word, it will rain. At my word, it will not rain. Me. So when you think that you are the one who can shoulder the whole nation, determine the future of the nation, when things didn't work out the way you imagine it, you'll be frustrated. And that's what he, how he looked at things. He felt the whole nation depends on him. I'm the only one that's left of all the prophets of the people of God. I'm the only one. You see, the focus is me, me, me. What they've done to me, you see. All this thing was, was, was in his mind and his heart. So this morning, the good news is the whole nation doesn't depend on us alone. There are so many other people that God is preparing. And that's why, you know, involving in Saba AG, it gave me another perspective because I meet with people who care about this nation. And we're working together. We're not alone here in Tawau and, and, and trying to transform the nation. We can meet up and team up. But one thing we learn, thank God He doesn't answer all our prayer according to the way we ask. Elijah said, I have enough. Take my life. <laughs> Some of us probably pray similar kind of prayer. I tell you, if we continue like that, before I can conduct your funeral, I probably somebody probably need to conduct my funeral. Because we get so frustrated. We get so angry at times because things didn't go the way we think it should go. You know, that's why we need to enter into the rest of God. Enter into the rest of God. So Elijah was crying, God, take my life. Thank God. You see, this morning I was just reminded you know how he eventually left this world, Elijah? The chariots God take him up into heaven in glory instead of a funeral of a great prophet who would take his life because he couldn't take it anymore. What a difference! God has a glorious ending for every one of us. But yet some of us, because of frustration, we have already entered into our death. We say, nope, I come to church. That's enough. I'm not going to get involved. Church people are very difficult. You know, those people I don't like. There are people who do this, they do that. You see, some of us, we enter into our funeral. We are just, Eli just like Elijah. We have already said, I've had enough. Take my life. So we stop. We stop living the life that God wants us to live. We could have a glorious ending going up into heaven on the chariots of God in glory. But we've entered into our death because we say, I've had enough. Let me die. So we need to enter into the rest of God to see that He is God. He is in control. He determines the future. Not our circumstances, not people, nothing but God. And then, when he went that day's journey, and he lay down at a broom tree, and he slept. He rested. He slept. 
That's why I say, if you come to the prayer meeting, even if you're sleeping, it's okay. Sleep. Some of us we come wake up and and we so afraid people look at us. But try lah not to snore. But sleep. If you need to, if you need to rest, God will not torture you, and have you standing, you know, trying to keep yourself awake when you're dropping off. You know, just rest because God takes care of the whole person, spirit, soul, and body. Okay, so I rather you be sleeping in the presence of God in the house of God rather than sleeping in your own house during the time that we are praying. So it's okay to come and just rest, right? If you need to rest, it's okay. And the word God say, all at once, an angel touched him and said, "Get up and eat all at once." So when we come before God, when we pray. God is not going to wait a long time to answer your prayer. But the thing is, we need to take note is when God answers our prayer, He answers in stages. So what He's doing now is only part of the solution, the whole solution. Sometimes we we are too much in a hurry when we know that God has touched us immediately. We want to go. No. The touch is only the beginning, right? So all at once, Elijah didn't have to wait too long, as if God doesn't hear him, as if God doesn't know. He have to pray and beg and fast and so on. No, God is always there. God is there for us. So all at once, the the the, the angel, the messenger of God, uh, touch him. So don't just stop just because God touched you. That's just the beginning. God wants to take you deeper. He doesn't just want to touch us. He wants to transform us. He doesn't want to make you feel good just for the moment. He wants to bring about fruits and lasting changes in our life. Not just a touch. Not just get comfortable or feel good. No. So the angel of God touched him and said, "Get up and eat." You look around; there, the cake was was baked, you know, and there was a jar of water. So God knows our need. He knows that this time, this prophet, he's tired, he's hungry. Uh, he he need immediate help. So God gave him water, gave him bread to eat in order he can be strengthened. So our God is so good. He knows our needs. He knows your need. Don't ever feel that well. He doesn't know. He doesn't care. He cares, right? He cares more about us. He knows what our needs are more than anything else. So God Himself prepare for us. God prepare for you, for me, the needs that 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 we have. And then, to, if we look on. In verse 7, after the prophet ate, he went back to sleep again. And in verse 7, the angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, "Get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you." So he got up and ate and drank, strengthened by that food. 
he traveled forty days and forty nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. So you see, God will not ask us to go on a journey that we have no strength to finish. God will always provide and give us the strength that we need to finish the journey. So if ever we feel that we don't have the strength to carry on, that's because we are not entering into God's rest. We are not entering into His presence and draw from Him the strength, the provision that He has given to us. He has prepared for us. What's the reason? Maybe because we are not resting. The provision is there. The supply is there. But we can't see it because we are too busy doing our own thing. Having our own way. So Elijah was woken up again a second time. So we, there are times, we, we don't just, we, we need more than one refill. Do you understand? Because the journey is so long, we need to keep coming before God and keep coming before God so that we are so filled with His strength, with His, His power, His authority, whatever that we need so that we can finish the journey that He wants us to, to take. So it tells us that we, every time we come, we are depositing into our life because He had to get on a 40 days journey by what He's receiving now. So we need to deposit more and more uh, of the presence, of the strength and the life of God into us until we have the strength to run a prolonged journey that God has set before us. And we are into a long journey you know, uh, that, that we need to go. So, you begin, I begin to, uh, under, uh, to wonder, couldn't God speak to Elijah at this point? He was hearing God. He was listening to God. God could speak to him what he wanted to say here and now. But God didn't. God just tell him, hey, you go on that, I'm preparing you for that journey, 40 days journey to the mountain of God. I mean, we can understand why God would say that to us because we can't hear him. But Elijah was talking to God. God's, God was with him. God's presence was there. Can you imagine the kind of miracles that, that's happening? God baked the cake, God provided, and God is speaking to him. So what's the need of going another 40 days to hear, just to hear what God says? We understand. God is, is with him, but God is taking him deeper into his presence. Because later on we will read that. God said to Elijah, you go and stand at the, 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 the mountain there and I will pass by. That means God is taking Elijah deeper and deeper into his presence. Even though he is with, with him now. Right? So some of us, you're saying, okay, you know, I mean, I can talk to God by myself. Wherever God is everywhere. True. That is true. That is Elijah now. But despite of all this understanding, he wants to die. He wants to give up. He's discouraged. He's depressed. 
He's pessimistic. Even though he knows God is with him. He, he never questioned whether God is with him. He's talking to him all the time. Hearing him. And on God's part, God wants to take us to the place where we can truly hear what He wants to say. And why we allow all those things that is uh, speaking to us, those noises around us, we will not hear. We will not hear what He says. So the 40 days and 40 nights, it is, you know, 40 days. Jesus fasted 40 days and 40 nights. Moses uh, went into the wilderness for 40 years. The nation of Israel was in the wilderness for 40 years before they are able to enter into the promised land. 40 described, not necessarily the time, you know, 40 days. It, it's just, just that process, that season, that period that you need to go through in order for you to enter into what God has for you. And you must allow that season or that period or that process to be completed. And that's why God waited Moses for 40 years for that process to be completed in Moses' life so that now he can send Moses into his plan and purpose to deliver the nation of Israel. God waited for that 40 years to complete the process in Moses. And so God will take us through that process of 40 days, whatever it means in your case, you know, uh, for you, in order for you to be able to enter into your destiny, the purpose that God has for you. So, uh, Elijah get on that journey and then came to the mountain of God. And verse 9, look at verse 9. Then he went into a cave and spent the night and the word of the Lord came to him. What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I have been very jealous for the Lord, God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, broken down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me. The Lord said, go out and stand on a mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. So God took him to the mountain of God, away from the circumstances, away from what he's, he was going through that affects him, so that he can focus his thought and his, his everything on God himself. And then God said to him, what are you doing here? What are you doing here, Elijah? So Elijah immediately replied, I have been very jealous for God. You see, I, you know, what they did to me, uh, what, how they killed, and I'm the only one left. I, I, I. Do you know when you talk to some people, they have some problem. If they come to you, all they talk about is I, I, I. You know whatever you say will not go in. Because it's I, I. I. And that's exactly where Elijah was at that moment. So his mindset is stuck. And that's why he cannot receive new things unless he unwinds 
and get rid of this kind of mindset. Because the second time God, when, when God asked him to stand in front of the mountain uh, uh, where he's going to pass by, God asked the same question. Same question. What are you doing here, Elijah? And he said, you know, they did this to me. I, I, I. You know, it's just like re- rewinding the tape and play again. You see, that means you're stuck. Stuck in your thought. Stuck in your perception about things. Stuck. You're not going to move forward. And that's why there is a necessity for God to take us into the mountain, take us deeper to see. And that's why God is saying, be still. And know that I'm God. It's not that we don't know God, but God is saying, hey, be still and enter deeper. Know me deeper in order for you to move on. A lot of us, we cannot enter. We cannot know God deeper because we do not know how to be still and know that He is God. We are stuck. When would Elijah be ready to to hear God? If God say, Elijah, where are you? Uh, What are you doing here? If Elijah's answer is, God, what do you mean? You're the one who brought me here. What do you want? Ah, then he's ready to listen to God. But now, no, he's stuck in his mind. You know, I, 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 I. Isn't that so? God is the one who asked him to get on a journey. God is the one who asked him to go to that mountain. He should tell God, God, you, asked, you brought me here, right? What do you want? You see, then he's ready. He's waiting for God. So God has to take him through the process. And you know, when you are stuck in that position, your perception is your perception. You see, in, with all honesty, Elijah was described exactly what he went through. He wasn't lying. He wasn't boasting. It was factual. As he see. But do you know, when you are filled with the I, 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 you cannot have the right perspective about things. You will not see. Elijah said, I am the only one left. Was he ignorant? Was he, did he really didn't know there are others? Remember, before he called fire down from heaven, he met this guy uh, to ask this guy to go to Ahab. What's his name? Let me get it for you. Obadiah. You know, one of Ahab's uh, right-hand men. So Elijah met with Obadiah and said, hey, go and tell Ahab to come and meet me because... You know, I'm going to speak and the rain will come. Obadiah said to him, Oh, I don't know where next moment you're going to disappear. And, and if I ask the, the king Ahab to come and you disappear, I will, I will die. He said, Don't you know? Don't you know when Ahab is trying to kill all the prophets of God, I have reserved 100 prophets, 50 on this mountain, uh, in this cave, 50 on this cave. You know, I've done all this good thing. You know, they, the prophets are there. They are at least 100 of them. You see, when you are so stuck with the I, 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 you, you, you can't take it in. Elijah should know he's not the only one left. 
At least there are 100. He doesn't know there are 7,000, but at least 100. Because Obadiah have told him before that. But you see, you can't, you can't take it in. Your perception is all from your own personal, uh, how you see things, and it's wrong. To you, you, see, you, you think it's right because you're, with all honesty, that's what you, you know, you're not lying, you see. But wrong. Until you come into the presence of God and be still and know that I'm God. Otherwise, you can't see. What you perceive is not reality. It's real, but it's not reality as far as God is concerned. Okay, so, uh, right? So God is taking Elijah deeper into his presence. He said, I will pass by. You stand there. And God asked him that same question. What are you doing here? So, in order for you to move in, why? Why did God ask him the same question twice? Because God wants us to know exactly where we are at this moment. Until you are able to come to terms and acknowledge where you are at this moment, you are not able to move forward. You're stuck. So Elijah needs to know that his focus is wrong. His focus was on himself and the circumstances. And that's why he get himself in this trouble. That's why he wanted to die. That's why, why he's afraid. Because his focus was not on God, the God who answered by fire. If his focus was on God, he would say, you Zezebel, you dare to challenge the prophet of God. Fire will come down and consume you. But now he said, you know, I want to die. I'm no better. I'm, a, a de- I, I'm defeated. I'm useless. That's what he's saying. A prophet of God. Because all you see is self. You think you are the one. That's what you get into. You know, he could have teamed up with the hundred prophets and say, where are they? Where are the one hundred? Come, let's get them together. You know, we're going to, 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 to come before the king and, and the nation and tell them what they are going to challenge them which God they're going to worship. No, Elijah believe is him. He is the one. God wants you to know why you are here at this moment, how you feel and what you are going through. Why? Why are you like this? You are the great prophet. You have full power and authority. Why are you ending out here, like here, depressed, suicidal? Why? This morning you're struggling. God wants you to ask you why. Why? Why? What are you doing here? You have no business running away. You should be challenging the prophet, the, 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 the Jezebel, and, and clean the nations, bring them to me, but you are here. Why? Unless you know why, you will not be able to move forward. That's why God came to Adam and Eve. After they've eaten the forbidden fruit, they say, where are you? Where are you? God knows. But God wants them to acknowledge where they are, what they have done. See, if we keep on living in denial, denial, we will not break through. We will not enter into the rest of God. And that's why God 
is asking why. So God has to take Elijah through that process. And then we know the story. The wind came when Elijah stood on that mountain. The wind came. God was not in it. The fire came. The earthquake came. The Bible said God was not in it. You see, Elijah was so used to the spectacular. He's been doing all this kind of spectacular thing. Raven feed him. A widow, you know, give him food even though she has nothing. Just a little bit left. You see, he was living in a spectacular. A lot of time we are chasing after the spectacular when the spectacular didn't happen. We have not got the tenacity to go through it. When the fire came down from heaven to burn up the, the, the sacrifice, the whole nation did not immediately turn to the law, even though they killed the prophet uh, the, of Baal. And we get discouraged. We didn't have the tenacity to realize that this is part of the process. And now we've got to press on. We've got to deal with the matter and clean up the nation and, and, and educate the people and so on. We, we don't have. We're just looking for the instant, the spectacular answer. Those are the things that God used to draw people into His presence. To draw people to focus on Him. Because they need to cut off all those noises that is speaking to them. To get Elijah to focus on God, God uses this to cut off all his other noises in his mind. So that at the end of the day, it's just him standing before God. And the word of God say, God speak to him in a still small voice. Because now Elijah was totally focused on God after all those shaking and, and earthquake and the wind, you know. Now he's just, I guess, trembling before God. Even now, a pin were to drop, he can hear it. No more noise, no more distraction, no more eye. It's just God. And so God speaks to him in a still small voice. And he heard. Still small voice. Okay, I know time's up. I, I need to stop. I'm not finished, but I, I need to stop. Let's stand to our feet.